Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the MMQB NFL Thursday show. I am Gary Gramling. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by Connor Orr, but uh, this week's show, we're, we're doing something a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more meat and potatoes, a little, little lighter, I guess you would you would call it. Uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about human resources and, and the hiring process and, <laughs> and all that stuff, and, and well, mostly we're going to talk about uh, uh, the 24 names that Connor Orr has put out there as a head coaching candidates to keep an eye on as, uh, as we near that time of year. It's crazy that we're here again, and really, I mean, people refer to it as Black Monday, but it's not Black Monday anymore. It's like half the teams are firing their coaches right after Thanksgiving uh, to give themselves a leg up on the start, and the other half are going to do it on Sunday, and we're going to know after their last game, you know, so really, the, it's it's coming up. I mean, we're, we're just uh, a mere couple weeks away from uh, knowing who some of these teams are hiring as their new head coach, which is pretty surprising. Yeah, it's uh, it, we have we have one one job open. And that is the Carolina Panthers. Two. Uh, Washington. Uh, Washington. Oh, that's that's right. Washington. Bill Callahan's been coaching for so long. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's like a veteran coach there. They've already talked um, themselves into keeping him. It's <laughs> what <laughs> one one job not open is Detroit. So I that there could be I guess uh, 
31 jobs open by the end. Matt Patricia might be the only guy who retains his job. But we do know Matt Patricia is uh, is coming back for, for next season as well as Bob Quinn out in Detroit. And uh, I don't know, figure we'll have the, the typical uh, six or seven going here. And, and uh, we're going to talk less about the potential openings and more about the guys who might fill those openings. And, uh, and like I said, Connor, 24 guys out there. And uh, we're just going to straight up, we're going to run one by one here. And, uh, and discuss each one of these guys. And uh, we're going to start with, I think, my favorite guy, and I think your favorite guy. I know my favorite guy. Robert Sala, the uh, defensive coordinator uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, who uh, it, it just feels like an absolute lock he's going get, to get hired somewhere. Yeah, uh, you know, he's been, I, I've been making a version of this list since 2015, and I think every year since... 2017 he's been on this list and this is the first time that everything's sort of aligned for him where it's a top defense it's a good team and his visibility gets to expand and you know whenever I make these coaching lists you have to think like an owner uh, which maybe isn't the most sensible way to think but you know here's the checklist you have to have a guy from a successful organization a guy uh, that's had some good internships and been associated with good coaches and you have to have a guy that's going to win that opening press conference and Sala checks all your boxes there. And I think I mentioned in the piece, I mean, you, you've seen this too. He's shown more than Kyle Shanahan during 49ers games. He is the most like, he's the most visible part of the 49ers sideline during games. He is. We, we ran that one uh, photo of him with, with the 49ers cover story a, a couple of months ago where he just, uh, uh, I, I think Klemko just flat out said, like, he, he looks like a superhero. Like, he, <laughs> he just, uh, um, he does. He checks a lot of boxes. Obviously, uh, you know, what he's done with that defense this year. And, you know, obviously adding Nick Bose to that defense is a difference maker. But uh, the jump they made, and I kind of pointed out last year, they, they were not a defense that was built to force a lot of turnovers, but the fact that they only forced seven was, I mean, that's just fluky. That is, I mean, that, that was a historic low by a wide margin. Um, so you had some tough luck uh, along with, you know, basically having a, a, a pretty shaky offense opposite them last year. And this year you kind of saw what they were supposed to be. And, uh, but I, I don't think it's like overwhelming talent on the defensive side of the ball there. I think it's good talent. And I think it's talent that, Really, and and I know he has a voice in in the war room. It really fits what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean that's what all of these. And you know, I've I've talked to a couple people who were on that initial Shanahan staff, and some of them are spread out now, and and some of them are in other places. But that was the goal all along was to create one of the first and tr- only true streamlined processes from draft to uh to roster and it doesn't work that way it's crazy that it doesn't work that way but there's 28 other teams in the nfl where it doesn't work that way where the coach basically it's a christmas morning and he just finds out what he got you know and and he's got to deal with it but um i think that that's another appeal to me if i'm an owner is that Sal is going to have an insight on that process how you talk to your gm and get him to pick the guys that you need and that fit what you want to do and people can say oh well obviously they just had like five first round picks on the defensive line what's so hard about that well it it, it is difficult you need the the you know different body types different things to do uh different support on the back end to help them if the rush doesn't get there and he's had a voice in that and and has helped really create what they've done here let's uh let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball here we'll uh we'll go to kansas city Eric Bieniemy, who I mean, look, he he got 
very little attention last year, uh, despite being the offense coordinator for for just an unstoppable offense. Uh, you figure this time around, he's going to get a, a much longer look from a lot of teams around the league, especially with Andy Reid talking him up. Andy Reid said in the first week of December, uh, hire him. I don't know what else I have to tell every owner in the NFL is to go out and get him. I mean, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, Andy has talked up uh, Bianami's increased work with the quarterback position, which definitely helps some of these guys um, get some exposure. But I, I think it would be crazy. I mean, th- this tree has been stripped. I mean, Andy loses two or three good assistants every year. And why wouldn't you want uh, – is the next offensive coordinator, the next great guy in line. And, you know, you could make an argument, you know, okay, well, does he call the plays? Does he do stuff like this? Blah, blah, blah. But I like the idea of the fact that his experience was rooted in the run game because, you know, you look at some of the guys that we'll talk about later from San Francisco and some of the other places, run game coordinator isn't a bad place to go I mean you know that sets up the entire offense you can get a hundred guys to work with your quarterback and make them better but to set up the infrastructure of the offense everything still works you know through the running game in the NFL and I think that his experience there is valuable too yeah, I was going to say, in coordinating a run game, uh, I mean, you 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 have to have everyone doing their job properly. Not not that your quarterback uh, is completely out there alone, but you know, as we've seen, there there are quarterbacks who can make plays with uh, other guys making mistakes. I mean, run game for for a run play to work, you really have to have the entire team executing properly. It's like um, back when Ben McAdoo was hired, I remember there was like this odd blip in the radar for the NFL. It was like tight end coaches are going to become trendy because they have to work with quarterbacks, offensive line and wide receivers, and they have to know all all that triangle in the offense. I would argue that I would like a guy that works on the run game with Andy Reid because outside of Greg Roman in Baltimore, Andy's the only other one that's doing a lot of these you know, really creative sort of, you know, these trap blocking sort of different things to that level that they're they're that we're seeing it's super successful in the NFL. He's he's a part of all that, you know, uh, and he's part of that brain tree. He's got a copy of the playbook. I, I, I think he's another slam dunk hire. We've already heard him mentioned in Washington as a potential candidate. I wouldn't take that job if I were him. But, um, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's definitely another guy that we're going to see uh, off the board pretty quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, last time it was, it was sort of an overlooked Andy Reid offense coordinator who got hired and no one was excited about it was uh, uh, was Doug Peterson. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, let's, go, let's go up to Buffalo. Not a whole lot of exposure for that Bills staff, uh, but maybe now that they're winning games in primetime, that will change. But uh, Brian Dable has, has been and, – and look, he – he he comes from both the Saban tree and the Belichick tree, so that sort of catches people's eye to begin with. But but also what he's done with Josh Allen, who is a unique quarterback, a a, a different kind of quarterback, a, a guy who who sort of uh, requires some some problem solving on on the uh, 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 on the uh, on the account of your offensive coordinator. Totally. I mean, I. I got to visit with him back in August and you know I thought what was so smart all preseason long was they weren't letting Josh Allen hand the ball off in the preseason it was like you know you're gonna play three games and you're gonna throw the ball 17 times a game and we're gonna figure this out before the start of the regular season and I would argue that his work with Josh Allen is sort of like it reminds me of how the Steelers had handled Ben Roethlisberger early on where he went from a turnover machine with no offensive line help to 
a sort of high-end game manager, and then there was another step from there. We're in that second phase right now with Allen, but I think that he is super smart at knowing what to hand over to the quarterback, knowing how much to put on people's plates. Um, and like you said, he's got a foot in both of those worlds. I, I love the fact that he had that time down in Alabama, and I think that's going to mean something to uh, to people. He was on our list last year um, as well, and uh, just another one of those underrated names that I think if you don't pick his brain and at least kind of figure out what he knows, I think you're wasting your time this offseason. One more guy who has done exceptional work with uh, with a unique young quarterback, uh, Greg Roman. Greg, I mean, Greg Roman is like uh, this is like the revival. This is the renaissance. Uh, you know, he he got some head coaching buzz coming out of San Francisco, never got a job, sort of disappeared, and now he has reemerged uh, with what he's done with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore as offense coordinator there. And and I guess it just sort of raises the question. Uh, I mean, if, if you <laughs> And not everyone's going to have a Lamar Jackson, but if you have a, uh, a a quarterback with some unique skills and sort of non-traditional skills, and you want a guy to come in and and sort of uh, sort of build this thing around him, it seems like Roman's kind of your guy. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll get to this later on because I made this point about two Eagles coaches that I put on this list as well. It, you know, if a team has a bad year, you can still hire a guy. And it, it was remarkable to me that Roman gets passed over in San Francisco. He's still a good coach. That doesn't change anything. He's still imaginative. He's still connected with a lot of smart people who inject him with new ideas every offseason. And, you know, he had a bad couple years in Buffalo, and it kind of fell off the radar a little bit. But that doesn't make him a bad coach. That just makes him a coach in an unfortunate you know circumstance. And so now everybody's going to have to wait in line to talk to him this offseason when you could have had him for pennies on the dollar probably three or four years ago. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, creative guy, um, someone who's uh, done some really smart things, you know, visiting with Paul Johnson, the godfather of the triple option this offseason. Remember, he was one of the, those original guys making the pilgrimage down to Chris Alt at Nevada to figure out the pistol mm-hmm. and, you know, all the stuff that that could do. Give me a coach who does that. 10 times out of 10 because then it just doesn't get stale. It's not it's not a system. It's just a kind of a free-flowing series of ideas and I would so much rather that than somebody who says this is my offense and you have to just hire me to install that. Kind of the uh, kind of the complete opposite. The 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 ying to uh uh Greg Roman's yang here. Kevin Stefanski, younger guy running an old school offense in Minnesota and and there had been some sort of low level buzz about Stefanski and and the Vikings weren't weren't going to let Stefanski uh get out there and and get hired as a as a coordinator and and that was that that sort of played into the reason that they uh were so uh quick to move on from a uh, John DeFilippo but uh I mean you've seen what Stefanski with the help of Gary Kubiak but but this is a whole lot of Stefanski with uh, what he has done with the Vikings offense this year in his first full year as offense coordinator there. Yeah, had an interview with the Browns last year so got on the radar a little bit in that sense. Um wanted Pat Shermer wanted him in New York to be his offensive coordinator and I think that's like you said that's kind of how all this stuff went down but I like what he's done and I think that um you know 
Kirk Cousins has chalked up his ability to kind of elevate the play action a little bit, which makes their offense run. He He's a coach that can appease Mike Zimmer's feverish desire to run the ball 40 times a game and still air it out and pacify Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. He's a problem solver. And, you know, I think as bad as the offense or as sort of stuck in the mud as the offense looked over the first two weeks, you know, he figured it out and... Um, I think a lot of other coordinators would have folded during that time where Diggs and Thielen were complaining about not getting the ball. And, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins threw eight passes, I think, or nine passes the first week of the season Mm -hmm. to to where he is now, where I think that there was a legitimate anger uh, toward him not making the Pro Bowl as a quarterback uh, when the rosters were announced yesterday. So uh, really interesting guy under the radar. Vikings are another favorite sort of landing spot for... um, not the favorite, but one of the favorite landing spots for these search firms when they crawl in and they try to find good organizations, safe organizations to pluck assistance from. Vikings are a good place to look, good place to start. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, he's definitely a no-brainer. I would not be surprised at all to see him get interviews this, this offseason. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of guarding that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Josh McDaniels, and and we talked about this last offseason too, the, around this time last year. Uh, teams really don't seem to be scared off. I, I'm sure there are a couple who are were so put off by by what happened in Indianapolis that, that they'll just not consider him. But as a whole, the league is not, you know, like, basically blacklisting Josh McDaniels at this point. No, and it, it, this he almost reminds me a little bit of Roman in that I like the idea that um, Patriots offenses take on three or four different personalities over the course of a season, and that's what you want. You know, you, um, you know, you want that that guy to um, present something that your uh, you know def- the opposing defense isn't going to know what hit them every week. And I, I like the idea that McDaniel's has done that. Working under Brady and Belichick is not something that's easy. I don't know what the sense of the Patriots' assistants are around the league at this point. That might be something hard for an owner to get his head around. Um, you know, if Patricia's not succeeding, if uh, you know everything's not working out with Brian Flores in Miami, might be a tough time to pull the trigger there. But if you're a coach that's nervous and you need to make a higher on the safe side, and you have a veteran quarterback, I think all those things line up where you have to at least bring him in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go now to Dallas. We got two names here to discuss. Uh, Kellen Moore 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the narratives necessarily change with him. Oh, I guess it has a little bit. It was a lot of whiz kids stuff first three weeks of the season, and then as the Cowboys start to lose games, even though the offense was not an issue this year for the Cowboys, really, um, except for the occasional situational football uh, type of thing popping up, which which maybe fell on the head coach a little bit more. But uh, uh, Kellen Moore, I mean, look, he, he revamped this offense, and, and it's something a whole lot better in Dallas now. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, if you go by DVOA, which is kind of how, you know, it's at least one of the easier, like, catch-all stats that I think measures offensive efficiency, they have the se- behind Baltimore the second-best offense in football this year. And Dak Prescott was a legitimate Pro Bowl quarterback, even though I got a ton of flack for tweeting that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> who are you going to pick him over? Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take him over yeah. Aaron Rodgers in the Pro Bowl. Yep. So he had a better season. And uh, I don't think that while Dak, I think, is getting better independently, I don't think you can separate necessarily Prescott's rise totally from what Moore has brought in offensively. This is definitely a guy that's probably a year or two away, um, but we've seen people hire 31-year-olds now, and it works for at least a little while. So, I mean, it's one of those things where the optics of, if Jason Garrett ends up losing his job at the end of the season, the optics of bringing in either Kellen Moore or another Cowboys coach that we're going to talk about might be difficult, but, um, you know, I think you at least have to pick his brain and that's part of the process here is, is just learning mm-hmm. what these guys do well. So, uh, and, and the other, uh, coordinator in Dallas, Chris Richard, uh, I mean, he's a guy who's gotten buzz in the past. I mean, he, he was on that Seattle staff, uh, and everyone liked him there. And, and then it sort of, uh, it, it fizzled out there and, and he's back in Dallas and, uh, it's been kind of, an, kind of an up and down year. He's taken over defensive play calling duties for the Cowboys from Rod Marinelli. And uh, I don't really know if the play calling has been an issue with this defense at times. They, they, they haven't tackled in certain games. But um, overall, it's, it's I mean, look, it, you get why Chris Richard is, is getting some buzz as a head coaching candidate. Well, it's like Sala, but a little different because they come from that cover three, um, that cover three Bible. But what I'm interested in is guys like Sala and Richard who have put their own twist on it because it's still sort of the most effective way to, and this is a really blanket statement, but sort of still the most effective way to counter a lot of what we're seeing on offense. And But it requires some imagination. And I think that guys who have been in it for as long as they have at least have the ability to streamline the the defense a little bit so that's why I like him there and you know like Salah he's energetic I mean he the players like him uh Dallas saw something in him to not only you know hand over the play calling duties he started taking over a lot of the press conference stuff for coordinators um which was sort of their acknowledgement that hey we want him to kind of be the face of the defense a little bit um so yeah I mean all those things are positive checks I think in his column and who knows if they turn it around and they win one or two games in the playoffs, then we're talking about a legitimate coaching candidate. Brett Bilema. This, I mean, he is, he well, yeah. has just had a fascinating career at this point. It's, it's so interesting, right? I mean, uh, running a powerhouse program at Wisconsin, going to Arkansas and the sec, and then resurfacing is sort of that trendy Bill Belichick analyst role where, you know, the, the mystery coach and then um, eventually getting elevated to defensive line. Um, and, you know, I've seen um, some other people. Tom Pelissar does a really good job over at NFL Network making his coaching list. Um, and I think he had, you know, Gerard Mayo, the linebackers coach, um, as a potential candidate. I think somebody 
from this defense is going to get interviews, but there's no real coordinator, and I don't think Steven Belichick is quite there yet. So, uh, you know, my line of thinking there is who's kind of next, right? Who's kind of obvious? Yeah. And um, what a, what what a kind of a positive in Brett's column is that he's connected in that college world where I think uh, arguably you'd want your offensive coordinator to come from, and uh, he's got an eye on this defense. This the best defense in football this year and for a while for eight weeks the best defense in nfl history you know yeah it's uh <laughs> it, it'll make uh it'll make some blood boil down in uh fayetteville arkansas <laughs> when they think about uh <laughs> when they uh dilemma getting a uh, nfl head coaching interviews here but uh um this is another guy who's really interesting because because you know you hear whispers that he is uh he's an absolute favorite of, of sean McVay. that's shane waldron the passing game coordinator for the rams uh I, I I guess when you look at it, you know, has has the has the sheen sort of come off the Sean McVay assistant type of uh, uh, type of candidate here. That's going to be the big uh, thing this offseason, right? Is did we hire too many of these guys? Um, you know, I don't think. Uh, and and really, what you what a good owner would do anytime is separate the guy from the system and have a way to figure out what he or she knows specifically and not what they're able to steal from something that's already successful. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I kept, you know, I I didn't get rid of anybody from my list from September because, you know, I wanted to update some of these names. Shane was obviously on the list earlier in the season. If we had made one in December, I'm not sure if he would have been, but I think he's still somebody that you have to bring in because I think there's still some good ideas out there. I think if Sean McVay trusts you with a lot of, uh, a lot of responsibility that says something and listen, the Rams aren't a bad team. They're just having a bad, you know, kind of a rocky year. They're still going to finish above 500 and, uh, and they made it to the Super Bowl a year ago. So I, I think that's another person that at least merits some consideration. I was going to say they they would be on the verge of clinching the the NFC East if they were in the in the correct division here. <laughs> yes, yes, seriously. Uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, the offense coordinator uh, for the Colts, and look, I, I've been uh, I, I've been violently shaking any Colts fan I can find who is complaining about this year's team, uh, which legitimately could have been could have been a ten win team with with better kicking. And uh, Lord knows what's happened to that receiving core when you got Zach Pascal and, and some of these other guys as as really your your only even usable receivers out there. But uh, um, this staff, especially the offensive side of the ball, they kept this team afloat after the Andrew Luck retirement. And uh, I don't know that there's something to be said for what they've done in two years with that with that Colts organization. I think the way that Frank Reich helped run the system in Philadelphia was so attractive to me because of how empowered and properly delegated everything is. And, you know, if you looked at that Super Bowl team that he was the offensive coordinator of, everybody had a role, everybody had a piece of the game plan, everybody was on the same page. And it seems like that's how he's running the staff in Indianapolis, too. And that's what you want to replicate if you're an owner, right? Like, you want a guy that knows other smart people and knows how to delegate and you know I think that that's someone that I would be really interested in talking to never mind just the optics of look how much how how much good they did with a backup quarterback after losing their franchise quarterback to a freak retirement in in August I mean the fact that they were able to handle all that in itself is good and if you're also hiring a GM, I like the idea that maybe he's connected or comes in lockstep with somebody from that front office because there's a lot of interesting things going on there as well. 
Dave Tobe, I mean, you you will you will stand on the table for this guy every year. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He is. And look, special teams coordinators do not get like serious consideration as head coaches, even though John Harbaugh has won a Super Bowl. Bill Cower, uh, you know, Cower had a couple of, uh, of defensive gigs between his special teams uh, job in Cleveland. But uh, I mean, those are guys with special teams backgrounds who went on to become Super Bowl winning coaches and not fluky Super Bowl winning coaches, like consistently top of the league coaches. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, to me, it's a no brainer. It's just a stupid trope that owners want to win press conferences. And it's hard to say, hey, this is the guy that controls the kicking and punting for the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, and, and it almost makes it look like, well, we couldn't get anybody else. But it's not true. I mean, Tobe was a good interim head coach. Uh, you know, he had interim head coaching experience. And I believe everybody when they say that, you know, it's valuable because you work with every position. You're more connected to the 53 man roster than any other coach on the team uh, because you know you have to work with offensive guys defensive guys you have to be a technician because a lot of these people don't have um, specific skills relative to special teams when they're coming into the league because they're all good players on their college teams that have to relearn how to do some of this stuff like be a gunner or you know shed a block or do all this kind of stuff and so um, I, I like it you know I've, I've talked to a player um, or two that he's coached in the past and you know, everyone says the same thing. It's just you need to hire this guy because, you know, it might not be the sexiest thing, but he's a guy that can build an organization and he's well respected, too. He's not going to struggle mm-hmm. like some of these younger coaches in finding other people to come and work for him. He's going to have a Rolodex and he's going to be associated with other good offensive and defensive guys. I mean, look at look at the pool of talent he's going to have to pick from if he wants an offensive coordinator to bring with him for the Chiefs. There's two or three guys that could probably do that job right now. Um, and come with him and build a staff. Uh, let's talk about two Eagles guys. You have uh, the off- offensive coordinator, Mike Grow, and then the uh, quarterback's coach, Press Taylor, Zach's brother. Um, you know, this is obviously uh, the Eagles have had better years, but it's another team that has really been crippled by injuries to the receiving core. Um, these guys are still, it's, it's a good organization. They are in the hunt despite everything that's gone on there this year. And and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you figure they're still going to get some sort of attention when it comes to, uh, you know, teams picking out who they're going to interview here that might this might be stubbornness on my part and maybe they don't get interviews this season but I think you know it's my the point that I've sort of belabored to this uh, to this point but you know don't just overlook a team because they haven't had a good season. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, both of these guys were super important in the Eagles Super Bowl run. They were doing innovative stuff then. They're doing innovative stuff now, but they only have one healthy wide receiver on their roster. So you can't punish them for, uh, for this. And so I just think it's dumb that you know everybody's going to you know strip the Kyle Shanahan tree, which is a good idea. I mean, he's a good head coach, but you're just going to ignore all the other good stuff out there because you want to sell to your fan base. Hey we got the guy who's really responsible for the number one seed in the NFC. And when in reality, I mean, look at how much success um, Indianapolis had by getting, making that non-sexy hire, the Eagles, um, you know, these are, they're good coaches out there who all seem to be part of the same tree, but we can't just ignore them when they have a down year. Yeah. The, uh, the results get, uh, get a little overemphasized as opposed to the actual process that, uh, that goes on during these seasons. But, um, uh, this, this is a guy I really like, and, and I do think he deserves another shot as a head coach. Uh, Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator in Green Bay, and uh, Andy and I used to argue about this on, on the show every once in a while. Um, 
I like the fact that he moves guys around so much, especially the young guys there. I, I, I think it does end up um, I, I, I think it ends up being linked to the teaching. Uh, when you play a bunch of different positions, you therefore end up understanding what different positions are responsible for on the back end. And I think that's why you've sort of seen that uh, that unit sort of gel so much this year in Green Bay. Yeah, and uh, another check mark in his column for me is that he spent his downtime uh, wisely. Like there are coaches that get fired and then don't do anything, and there are coaches that get fi- hot, fired and go hang out with Dave Aranda down at LSU, right? And that's where you should have been. You know, if you weren't, if you were an out of work defensive coach, it's exactly where you should have been. You should have been there. You should have been at Wisconsin with Jim Leonard. You should have been with all these guys learning how to stop run pass option football you know whatever uh, you're going to call this era of offense and he did that and i think that you're seeing him incorporate a lot of what the good things that he learned from Rex Ryan that simulated pressure stuff on defense the way that he's able to create pressure with three or four man pressure uh, rushes all that stuff is super in vogue right now and super important and you have that perspective. I mean, he built a good staff in Cleveland. Kyle Shanahan was on that uh, mm-hmm. staff. John D. Filippo was on that staff. He has an eye for good coaches. Um, and maybe if he's not uh, on the most cursed franchise in the NFL, yeah. maybe he's still a head coach right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you heard, Connor, but uh, but Mike McCarthy wants you and everyone to know <laughs> that he is a head coaching candidate again. And look, he, he very well might be. Uh, you know, obviously he's 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 a retread. He was out out of football this year. He was uh, in the running for a couple jobs last year. Didn't get any. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, you said it with Pettin. Uh, if you spend your year off doing some good things, Norv Turner is another guy who's sort of um, you know when he came back with Carolina after a year off. Uh, he was doing things that you never would have thought Norv Turner would would implement in his kind of offense. Yeah, and yeah, so you can't, you know, I can't bang McCarthy for doing the same thing that I said was good um, for Patton to yeah. do. And, you know, he's, he, he, he's, he's just very much <laughs> wanting everyone to know that he's doing it. And credit to our, our former boss, the creator of the MMQB, Peter King, who spent time with McCarthy, wrote a really good column, I thought, um, for Football Morning in America last week about his rebirth and his processes and stuff like that. And I think if you're an owner, it's up to you to figure out how much of this is genuine you know and you know uh green bay's success this year i don't know if that scares you off that they went from stuck in the mud to the number possibly the number one seed in the nfc um after they fire you but i don't think it makes him a bad coach i i just think it's probably a safe hire for a team that um for a team that's worried about stuff like that. And listen, same thing with Minnesota. I, I would say that Green Bay is the number one organization historically for a while where search firms go to find coaches. And, you know, it's an easy sell for owners. They can go in there and say the Packer way, this guy was a head coach for whatever, however long he was a head coach, winning his coach in the NFC when he was fired, um, won a Super Bowl. And I think, I think it's just a really easy sell. And then what he's doing now, which is getting out there, the fact that he's more analytics focused and he's uh, spending time with younger coaches it's a kind of the cherry on top of the Sunday I wouldn't be surprised if he lands a job this offseason yeah he is look he is a tough sell to a fan base uh I I I will uh I I'll absolutely recognize that the thing that's going to be really interesting uh if he were to get another job is there is just this kind of undercurrent uh kind kind of whispers about 
was he continuing to run that same offense he always ran because that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted to run? Aaron Rodgers, you know, when when you run like a lot of eleven personnel and you uh, you know you don't use a lot of motion before the snap and and it just allows your your quarterback to go out there and uh, you know make a bunch of decisions before the snap and then uh, on top of that sort of sort of improvise off that. It's much easier to improvise off the, those sort of static uh, formations. Is that why he kept doing it, or did he keep doing it because that's that's what he knows and that's what he's going to continue to do if, when he gets his next job? Exactly. I mean, are you really willing to change, or do you want us to think that you're willing to change so you can just come back in and run <laughs> the same yeah. the same offense? It, it'll be uh, it'll be really interesting. Uh, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's out there. I mean, look, the the favor that the Panthers kind of did for him uh, during that sort of weird dance they did where they uh, they fired him, and then they were like, thank you, Coach Rivera. And it's like, well, fired him. <laughs> you didn't like him that much. Yeah. You, you would have not fired him. Yeah. Uh, but he, he does get to sort of get out there and, and get going on, on his job search here. And, uh, I mean, look, he is, uh, again, we talk about all these guys and, and uh, look at the scheme they run and, and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if there's anything you would point to in Carolina and say this was revolutionary, but um, he almost always had a quality defense, which is his side of the ball, and he just always had competitive teams there. Yeah, and I thought another guy who worked well with his GM to get personnel to fit um, the system. They were constantly drafting players that he could he could utilize. Um, I I would say that with one team in particular in mind, he's sort of catnip to a certain type of owner, right? Who wants that legacy sort of feel? Um, wants a coach with a deep NFL background. Wants a coach that's made a Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe once a coach, the only coach who is willing to work with Dave Gettleman again. You know? <laughs> um, so there's certainly something to be said about that. Uh, you know, I, I think too, it'll be interesting to see how much defense comes back into a trend this off season. You know, uh, now that everybody's sort of um, tired themselves out trying to find the next Sean McVay, maybe it's time to just find more guys who can stop him. And uh, so I think Rivera puts himself at the front of the line in that sense too. Yeah, that's that's the that's the other. It just just stepping back real quick on on what this uh, what this season was. I mean, Greg Roman is is the you know is sort of the top offensive mastermind of the of the 2019 season, and he does not uh, he does not look like Sean McVay. He is not as young as Sean McVay, and and like it's just not that same buzz with him. Yeah, it's hard. and that's what is so like at the end of the day. That's what's such a bummer about this whole thing is people who cover the sport you just you the same guys for years and years and years you hear this guy's going to be a great head coach and it just never happens for one reason or another people said that about Bruce Arians people said that about Frank Reich people said that about Mike Zimmer for 10 years you know why isn't this guy mm-hmm. becoming head coach because they're hard to sell um Arians ended up being easy to sell very easy to sell he was a likable guy but people just didn't want to listen and I think we're in that phase again where it's all about optics I mean you know if if the Chargers make the horrendous decision, I think, to move on from their head coach, that is going to be a completely optics-based hire. We need to put butts in the seats, and this is the person who's yeah. going to do it. You know, and and that's what this is becoming, which is just—I mean, the, you know—I I think people would argue against me, but I would say Gruden was the same way. This was a hire for optics; it was to sell season tickets. But um, who knows? You know, there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good coaches out there. 
uh, Mike McDaniel, the run game coordinator for the 49ers, uh, obviously the, the Shanahan tree, but uh, uh, he was, you can go back to the Washington staff, that that star-studded Washington staff with McVay and Kyle Shanahan and, and the LaFleurs, uh, he was part of that staff. And, you know, really was on the ground floor of a lot of the kind of the cool stuff that Shanahan does with his own running system. Uh, mm-hmm. He orchestrates that now. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, you have Tevin Coleman, but made a star out of Raheem Mostert. Uh, you know, yeah. Matt Breida, um, you know, has reinvigorated the fullback in all of our lives. I mean, who mm-hmm. doesn't want to talk to this guy? I mean, as we noted, has has, you know, some issues in his past that he's come out and talked about, has, you know, recovered from. I think that's maybe part of what you're looking for as an owner is someone who's willing to admit mistakes, who has, uh, you know, been through some stuff. But um, either way, I mean, I think that's an under the radar name that I would at least consider. He doesn't have that offensive coordinator title, but you're never going to get a guy really that, um, you know, uh, you're never going to get as close to Kyle Shanahan, I think, as as Mike. So I think it's uh, I think it would be a good hire. Uh, Byron Leftwich, the offense coordinator in Tampa Bay. You know, you just mentioned Bruce Arians and how Bruce Arians became such an easy sell for for a fan base. Uh, Leftwich is absolutely Arians' guy, and uh, you know, I, you saw what happened in Arizona last year, and and obviously that that was just uh, that was a disaster from the start. Uh, Leftwich took over midseason for uh, for for Mike McCoy out there as offense coordinator, uh, but he has sort of uh, reestablished himself as a legitimate future head coaching candidate in Tampa Bay with, with uh, I mean, Jameis has his days where uh, where he's going to throw six picks, but uh, overall that Bucks offense has been really good this year. I think second, I think they're second in passing yards, right? This year, second or third, they're top three uh, in, yeah. in passing yards this season, and uh, that matters. I think if he did what he did this year, last year, um, and that desire for owners to create that sort of high volume passing offense, which was really hot at that time, you know, I think um, I think it would have been a no brainer. But I still think that um, the connection with Arians and all that stuff, I think he's going to get a chance um, to to interview some teams as he should. I mean, anybody that can handle you know the Jameis coaster as well as he has deserves some consideration. Yeah. No, and that and that was a Bruce Arians. You know, you say how he he just begged Leftwich to get into coaching, and that he'd be a head coach one day, and and now here we are. It's 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 happening. Uh, Mike Kafka, quarterbacks coach in Kansas City, obviously, uh, you know, sort of sort of on the uh, on the masthead, he is behind Eric Bieniemy at this point. But um, you know, when you're the quarterbacks coach for Patrick Mahomes, people people notice you. Yeah, young guy was drafted by Andy Reid, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, has kind of been with him ever since. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to like about um, him. Probably a, a name two or three years down the road, um, but someone that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if an owner kind of reached down and said, hey, I wonder, you know, wonder if we can bring him in, and it's a situation where you can't block him and say that he can't go. But I don't know. I think that would be uh, interesting. I, th- I think in three years, no doubt. Right. I mean, by yeah. 2022, there's zero question that if the Chiefs continue on at this clip, he's he's a head coach somewhere in the NFL. Oh, with all the Northwestern people in our uh, in our industry. I mean, he's got so many allies out there. He'll, he'll be pumped up plenty. <laughs> it's a, uh, ima- th- imagine if there's a good head coach from Syracuse ever. He would he would be he would be the safest. <laughs> well, I guess Doug Marone. We, uh, we have, I was going to say we have one Doug Marone. <laughs> That's true. Co- uh, yeah. Connor, Connor and I are both Syracuse guys, by the way. <laughs> And everybody else in the media, so you know he would have been. He would have yeah. had some help. 
I'm, I, I've got my Paul Pascaloni uh, piece all, all prepped and ready to go. Just got to hit publish. That's right. Uh, Leslie Frazier. I mean, Leslie Frazier, he's the defense coordinator for the Bills. Now, two things working against him. One, I mean, you know, he's he's behind Sean McDermott. Obviously, McDermott gets a lot of credit for what happens defensively in the Bills. But uh, and, and the second thing, I shouldn't say it works against him. It works against him, but kind of unfairly. It's like he got his shot, and it didn't go great. But it didn't go disastrously badly, and yeah. like all of a sudden, I, I I don't know what happened. He was just like forever, like oh, not a head coach. We're, like we're we're just not gonna we're not gonna do this again. Yeah, I think uh, almost like uh, another Vikings coach, sort of Brad Childress, who was thought of as a really smart guy, who had sort of a ho hum tenure, made the playoffs that one year. I think he was the head coach that that game where the Vikings were essentially like Adrian Peterson and ten guys. And uh, like Joe Webb might have been their quarterback when they were uh, in the playoffs that year. So, I mean, he's dealt with some injury issues. Um, I don't know how deep some of those rosters were um, beyond Peterson. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think that even with Dable, there's something interesting going on in that building in terms of the culture that they're building there, um, how they've gotten everybody to sort of uh, row in one direction. And so I, I'd be interested in bring him in. And I don't think it's bad necessarily to, you know, with all these staffs getting younger is to get a guy with some experience who can get tenured coordinators and coaches to, to come and work with him. And I think Frazier's another one of those guys where um, it's been well-liked, and I don't know, maybe it's time to just kind of kick the tires on that again and see what's uh, see what's going on. I was going to say, the guy did win 10 games and went to the playoffs with uh, Christian Ponder as his quarterback, so <laughs> yeah, uh, there's yeah. something, something said for that. Uh, let's let's go, uh, okay, and now, now we're down into the, the college names here. Um First one, Lincoln Riley. I mean, obviously, we were playing about Lincoln Riley last offseason, and, and does anyone have the billion dollars to get Lincoln Riley to leave Norman, Oklahoma, and, and come do his thing in the NFL? Uh, I mean, look, I, I think pretty much anyone in the league would, would jump at the chance to, uh, considering what he did there with three quarterbacks in three years uh, with the Sooners, anyone's going to jump at the chance to get him if they can get him. Yeah, um, it's it. I my guess is would be Jerry Jones is the only person willing to do that, um, and I don't know if that's where Lincoln wants to make his first move in the NFL. Um, you'd have to deal with a very unique set of circumstances, but but a good roster. Um, you know, it's uh, I actually mapped this out. He's not going to be any closer to home. Uh, I think he's from like Lubbock, Texas. So he's not going to be any closer to home as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys than he would be the head coach of the University of Oklahoma. It's like five and a half hours, almost mm. exactly to the minute from both destinations. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's let's check it, that it, check that off. <laughs> don't don't have to don't have to show that Oklahoma passport when uh, when you go back and forth <laughs> yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's an it, it's a hot name right now. Is it akin to long term hiring? Um, Chip Kelly, where uh, it's a good idea for two years and the offense is effective for two years, and then does he have another trick up his sleeve? You don't know. Um, and would you rather see him re-evolve in Oklahoma before you make the move and basically let him get bored there? Because right now, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Bruce Feldman over at The Athletic who said, you know, he's got recruits lined up for years and years and years, and he can turn this thing into a powerhouse, which is kind of what you want to do as a big time college coach does he want to see that through before making the jump i think is going to be the question yeah yeah uh matt rule of baylor it, it sounds like he's 
going to get a job. It, it sounds like he is uh, basically the, uh, I think of all the college guys, the most likely to make the jump to the NFL. Yeah, got to the doorstep with the Jets last year and basically just didn't take it because they weren't going to let him pick his assistants, which is crazy if you're the Jets, right? Like, why would yeah. you Why would you ask someone to do that? I think it's good, too, that he has the, um, the one year in the NFL, and a lot of people roll their eyes at that. He always the assistant offensive line coach for the Giants in 2013 or whatever, um, 2014, 2012. Um, but, uh, you know, that was an offensive line that did a lot with – not a whole bunch of talent that took a lot of mid to late round picks and that did good things. Uh, he's coached both sides of the ball, which I think um, owners really like um, in his career, even though he's kind of evolved as an offensive guy. And to me, what would be most important is, again, that the access to smart college coordinators that might be able to come up and uh, and be your offensive coordinator. Urban Meyer, he was in Dan Snyder's booth. I don't know if anyone covered that it, it was it was barely shown uh they, they showed urban meyer more than they showed robert sala this uh, this past weekend during during nfl games uh but yeah and look there was a report floated out there which I, i'm sure urban had a hand in saying like you know he's happy with life now but uh is he happy with life now or is he basically just driving his price tag up to just some ungodly amount knowing that uh washington and dallas will be in on the bidding yeah, thirstiest head coach of the cycle award goes to Urban Meyer. Uh, after and remember, he publicly campaigned for the Dallas job. He said he wanted it mm-hmm. um, before. I think the backlash forced him to to sort of uh, step down on that. But to me, Washington makes the most sense if you follow the tea leaves on the fact that you know there's the whispers that uh, Bruce Allen might be out or that you know he's not going to be in the same role and to me that's Daniel Snyder saying hey if someone wants to come and run this whole thing uh, you know come and talk to me and Urban Meyer is the kind of guy that I think might require that level of control um, in order to come in he's coached the quarterback uh, he's coached their number one wide receiver I don't know I mean it it would be interesting. Uh, I don't know if it would be necessarily successful, but uh, I'd like to see it happen just for the. Was, yeah, it would give us a lot to write about and talk about going into the year. Yeah. And Alex Smith's there so they can all hang out. They can run some. Old oh, Utah there you plays. go. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about Alex Smith. I don't Sorry, know. Alex Smith. What, what is your What's your are you like? Uh, I mean, what's your take on on Urban? Do you think that he could translate to the NFL? I, and you know, I, I'm skeptical of uh, of any of the big time college guys making the jump. I, I just think there's something to be said for uh, look when he coached in the Big Ten. I'm not going to sit here and say Urban Meyer can't coach or something, but the athletes he's bringing into Columbus compared to the athletes brought into the other Big Ten schools. Uh, I mean you should just never lose a game. You're, yeah. you're just so much better than your opponent every week. Uh, and obviously, he he does really good things offensively. And and again, I'm not I'm not saying he can't coach but uh when the talent level is as even as it is across the nfl which we all kind of lose track of sometimes if you get so worked up over uh you know whatever over our, our draft big boards and and whatever else uh there might be um it just it it brings a different challenge and you know are you uh are, are you a leader of grown men uh you know it's it, there's just a lot of factors that that uh create a lot of volatility with college coaches and you saw Nick Saban Nick Saban was not a winner in the NFL you know he might have been had he stayed longer but uh that was not immediate success I think if you're a college coach too you're battling Saban set the 
the grounds for whether or not it's true, you're immediately battling the perception that you're going to be too over controlling, right? And even if you do something mm-hmm. that's even the least bit controlling, it gets amplified because of the idea that too many of these guys are too controlling, right? Look at what happened to Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I think that that could happen to Urban, where like even something that's misconstrued as vaguely controlling all of a sudden turns him into, you know, tall Napoleon. Is he? He's tall. Urban Meyer, he's a taller guy, right? Is he? I, I thought he was like 6'2", something like that. I didn't think he was particularly tall. I mean, for I'm 5'7", so he's a pretty, <laughs> pretty tall guy. <laughs> he's taller than both of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to be 6'2". I think everyone on this list was, though, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, uh, last one, we've reached name 24. This is this is an Urban Meyer uh, disciple here, Dan Mullen, who uh, you know co- coached under Urban and then went off and, and built a winner in Starkville, coached Dak Prescott there, of course, and uh, and now he's back at Florida. But uh, um, if you had your heart set on Urban Meyer and, and he decides he truly does not want to coach uh, in, in 2020, why not, why not give Dan Mullen a call? Yeah, I like the the um, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network has been banging this drum for a while to the point where, um, you know, I mean, it's it's like, wow, I mean, maybe people should start listening. And it's true. I mean, he's an Urban Meyer protege that probably if you're an owner doesn't command the type of power that Urban Meyer you would need to give Urban Meyer to get him in the building. Right. So maybe you get a lot of the good without um, having to sacrifice too much. And if you're Dallas, I mean, it's, you know. Um, I don't know if you're worried about the optics of hiring your quarterback's college coach at a desperate time, but especially Jerry Jones, I think he's looking at what he's done in the past, right? And and what worked was hiring a hot college coach to come in and re-energize his roster, um, but still a guy that would give him control of and, and allow him to run things the way that he wanted them run. And so at least for a little while. And uh, I think Mullen checks that box. And I don't know, I think it's interesting. I think more people should at least be considering that fact. He was asked about it recently. Um, and said that um, you know he's never been contacted by an NFL team before, but that it would be something he'd be interested in. But that he's happy there in Florida, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But I don't know. Yeah. I, it sounds like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I, I'm frantically scrolling through the list of current head coaches. Uh, former college guy, Cliff Kingsbury, obviously. Yep. Uh, Doug Marone. Mm-hmm. Um, who you know is is there anyone else who was a college head coach? Uh, among the uh, our, our readers or, or excuse me, our listeners can uh, can can weigh we're in gonna on this. We're going to get picked apart here. Yeah, there's going to be like one super obvious one that we're not thinking. I was going to say, <laughs> like like Bill Pat Belichick Shermer had like a year. T- at, yeah, <laughs> Pat Shermer was like once the head coach at Southern Miss, and we're just not remembering it or something. Yeah, I don't I don't see anyone else who was a collegiate head coach here on on uh, among the the current list. And you just think, you know, Chip Kelly, Steve Spurrier, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's a. I I feel like it's just a riskier uh thing than, than most people realize. Plucking a guy out of the uh, out of the college game. High risk, high reward. Um, all I know is it, you know, put together this list with twenty four names. If someone gets hired that's not in this list, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I can tell you the the two names that it would probably be right are Dan Campbell. Um, the two names that I've gotten the most hate mail from not including on the list are Dan Campbell, tight ends, assistant head coach for the Saints, and uh, uh, Eberflus, Matt Eberflus from the defensive oh, coordinator right. of the Colts. 
I was I was ready to bang you on Eberflus and and uh, but considering what's what's going on, you talk about uh, you know putting too much too much weight on what's gone on recently. Uh, I, I have I have sort of covered my head and curled into the fetal position when it comes to my Eberflus fandom. <laughs> you know, considering what's happened the last two weeks with that defense. Every year, I think I've nailed it, and you know, I remember this. This is like what three years ago. You know, someone said, "Hey, you know uh, the." Uh, Sean McVay in Washington, you know, I think someone's going to hire a 30 year old head coach. And I was just like, aha, and then didn't put him on the list. And then, of course, he gets uh, he gets the Rams job. I know this is going to happen again this year. That's why I made the list so damn long, because I can't stand it when a coach gets hired. that's not on the list. Um, But I think we have all good names. I think there's at least a good reason for an owner to talk to every single one of these people. Yeah, and and can I give you before we go one more note here? Uh, I know a lot of you started to type this after I said send in your uh, your names that we missed as far as college coaches making the jump to the NFL. There is a guy we missed, and he is a uh, uh, coach and alma mater of one of our coworkers. Connor, do you want to take a quick guess? Oh, um, recent, recent, as well. oh. not not like in the eighties. Oh, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, Bob. Yep, forgot there about go. Bob. That's right. Good for yeah. him. Because he's always, he, you know, like, oh, Patriots assistant. Nope. He was, he was Penn State right before he came to the Texans. So That's right. There you have it. Go Lions. That's, uh, that's, that's yeah, that's uh, Nittany Lions. Do they still call them the Lady Lions? Or is that not, uh, that's not cool anymore? I, I like, like the women's teams there. I think everybody's just the Lions, right? You know? I think everyone's Everyone's just too. a Nittany Lion. Yeah. No, like Sy- Syracuse, no. they're, everyone's just the orange. The orange. Yep. We're, we're all orange. You know, yeah. Were you down with that change when they did it? I think. Um, well, what I I never got an explanation as to what an orangeman was ever. Did you? It has something to do with the House of Orange in uh, is it the Netherlands? I should probably know this. There was a time when I knew it, but I don't think I know it. I anymore. heard that. I heard that. Orange had something to do with the, because the Irish flag is like green for Catholic and orange for Protestant, and white is the marriage between the two of them. This could be totally false, by the way. I, I could just be making this hmm. up. Um, and that orange had something to do with that. I heard it was also um, connected to right because there's a ton of um, uh, Native American tribes uh, over there, and then it was somehow connected to there. Um, they used to be the Saltine Warriors back uh way, yeah way, way a long time they, ago they were originally like pink and green right for the yeah for school colors like yeah. pink and pea soup green i'd like to see yeah. a red i'd like to see a nike dial up a Throwback. jim Beheim. yeah <laughs> for the for the big east tournament pea green yeah. and, and pink yeah there you go in my my <laughs> senior year, they, Nancy Cantor, the, then the chancellor, tried to change the school colors from orange and white to like orange and burnt orange, and everything got like the whole website changed. I I think this is true. The whole website changed, and then there was like a brief two day panic where like the football team was literally going to be the vomit combination of orange and burnt orange moving forward which would have been horrible they should just go back to their old jerseys oh man go back just to the orange, old donovan mcnab white. yeah yeah looks good yeah looks good 
Uh, well, that's our two cents there. So <laughs> if if if, uh, if anyone with actual money among the Syracuse alumni want to want to weigh in on this and and get something done, please do. But as for this show, that's a wrap. Uh, the MMQB NFL Thursday show is me, Gary Grambling. Thanks to Connor Orr for joining us this week. We are produced by Shelby Royston, SI's executive producer of podcasts, Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Mravick is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL podcast. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.